Episode two of the Thunder Sports Report. I'm Rusty Lindsay, joined with Abram Erickson. And Abram, I don't know if, if if you had the opportunity to watch as much as I did, but it, man, it's it's good to see sports on TV again. I mean, just just getting kind of a normal weekend of big football games with a ranked game Saturday night and then a full Sunday slate is just kind of feels good to sit down in the fall and and, and watch a full weekend of of athletic events again. Rusty, you're exactly right. I- and football's been huge, of course, as weather gets closer to feeling like fall, at least some of these days do, kind of get that feeling like football season's starting back up, and um, that's super exciting. And one thing I know in my house, basketball has been the sport of choice so far with some incredible games. Um, great game the other night um, between the Lakers and the Nuggets that people are really getting fired up. We've seen some great series and, um, you know, kind of an interesting time to be thinking about playoff basketball, but um, fun to have that going on at the same time as some some pro football, some college football talks, hopefully starting up soon. But really have enjoyed things opening up, it seems like, and getting sports back to at least a new normal um, of what things could look like maybe in the next upcoming months. Yeah, this normally this is a time where football dominates the landscape and it, it continues to do so. But you quietly have a Stanley Cup final happening in the background. You've got conference finals in the NBA. It's it's a weird congruence of of events that you kind of give you a, a full slate of options instead of just having to only settle for football this time of year yeah certainly appreciate that and like you said uh nhl is something that i you would not expect to be going on right now and something that's even slipped my mind a little bit but of course i've got friends that are um more interested in one sport than the other but it, it seems weird to have baseball talk hockey talk basketball football all kind of flying around at one time um, kind of a luxury that we don't get a lot of times um, other than a few moments during the year when some of our sports leagues normally overlap. Yeah, maybe the biggest news of the week, and especially something that can trickle down here at, at our level, is is the restart for the Big Ten, looking to set up uh, October 24th. And then as they did with the cancellations, the Pac-12 kind of following on their heels, targeting a Halloween start for maybe half the conference, depending on some environmental issues for the other half. Uh, certainly a, a unique perspective going on out west as the Pac-12 looks to fight uh, both the pandemic and the just the array of wildfires up and down the west coast that are going to put a lot of hurdles in place. But it looks like uh, maybe football returning to the west as well. Yeah, and what I've heard um, from out there is that, you know, the issue is getting things ramped up and allowing players time to condition and get ready for a season at some point late October, early November. and that's where, like you said, some of the teams of the Pac-12, especially the California and Oregon teams, um, that's going to be an issue with air quality out there right now from what I've heard. And, um, you know, maybe half of the conference, like you said, starting at one point and then staggering it with the other. Um, not sure what that'll look like yet. And I know that a final vote has not happened on that, um, even within the conference. So we'll we'll be waiting for that news. But Big Ten, as you said, plans are laid down and, and excitement's ramping up for college football, even if it's not Thunder college football at this point. Yeah, and I think it's been encouraging to see as these college games, I mean, you obviously have a few cancellations throughout just over over concerns within one program that leads to a week or two of games. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's the results have been encouraging. And I think uh, especially with the NFL results we've seen now with two weeks of play, um, not, not yet having a positive test, I, I think there's some momentum here for what could be a safe return for these fall sports once the spring season rolls around. Yeah, I've certainly been really encouraged by the way that things have turned out. And like you said, specifically pointing out the NFL, that was one 
um, that I think was on a lot of people's minds. And as, as college football opens up, it certainly will be too, because we've heard so much just over the past months of large swaths of, you know, college football programs coming down with the virus at the same time and um, opening up now the NFL and getting ready to do college football. Uh, I think those concerns are really, really high and also really valid, of course. Um, but to see that now two weeks have gone gone by, like you said, with no positive test. And of course, now the NFL is um, and most Division One college football have the wealth of resources to kind of provide the best in health and safety precautions there. Um, but really encouraging that that they've shown that that's even a possibility at this point. Yeah, and as, as we will do throughout the course of this podcast, I mean, we were able to hear from Jesse Scott, the head football coach here last week, and we'll hear from current athletes, but we'll also reach out to two alumni and kind of and kind of do some where are they now features. But one of those alumni, not not an, an athlete alumni, but similar to you, Abram, uh, a, a major broadcasting presence when he was here and, and has a presence out west as well is uh, Judah Newby, who is an on-air talent and also the uh, APD at, at our station in Portland and, and certainly has been oddly in the forefront uh, to this sports return. I think very, very quietly, at least it flew under the radar because of the return of the NBA, but the MLS was the first one to come back and put together a championship. Uh, and Judah was able to, to cover that, and, and he serves as pre and post uh, host out there for on the game for Oregon Ducks football. So certainly finds himself in the crosshairs of a whole lot of intersections um, that have that have come in, into the forefront of the, of the culture here in the last couple of weeks. Really excited to hear from him, not just personally, as you as you said, Rusty, someone who um, filled a role similar to one that I'm looking to right now, and has a future looking possibly like one that I would um, want to have. It's really, really exciting to hear from him just from a personal reason. But um, outside of that, like you said, really been in a, I mean, in a hot spot, literally, but also just um, in the sense of the word that, like you said, so many different societal issues crossing paths, specifically in Portland, outside of sports, with sports. Um, yeah, and Juder, a great perspective to hear on that, as well as being a Wheaton alumni who um, is now across the country and doing well out there. So really excited to hear from him. This week's guest on the Thunder Sports Report, Judah Newby, a, f a familiar voice to a lot of those uh, comfortable following uh, Wheaton Thunder Athletics and, and definitely the voice of some very talented uh, basketball and soccer teams back in uh, the mid-2010s. So we're, we're excited to, to have Judah here on the Thunder Sports Report. So Judah, thanks for taking the time to join us here. I know obviously you've been been busy with sports restarting but uh your your hometown there of portland being in the news figured this is an interesting insight into uh everything going on both in the last six months but also the last kind of week or so where portland's been uh on fire almost literally and <laughs> so how have, how has uh life changed for you guys out there for the past week or so as you guys have, have kind of been thrust into the borders of of the wildfires that have been roaring out there. Yeah, Rusty, it's been unlike anything I've ever seen in this area. And I've grown up in uh, Portland suburbia and uh, work downtown. Um, I got married recently this summer and have moved out to a, uh, to a place with my, my new wife. Uh, that's about 30 miles from the closest wildfire. And there were, a, you know, a dozen or so wildfires throughout the state, but a couple of them were converging <laughs> much closer to the Portland area than 
than ever before. Uh, places have had to be evacuated. Um, our personal residence was only in, in level one evacuation notice. Uh, and, and level three is when you got to absolutely go. So, but level one still gets my attention because I'd never experienced that before. And it was, uh, just kind of bizarre, but seeing some stuff on social media at some towns I've passed through and uh, some vacation uh, towns as well in Oregon that have been completely destroyed by wildfires. That is, it, it's, I mean, it's harrowing and it's very sad. Um, the skies have been full of smoke from the fires as well. And the air quality is the worst in Portland than anywhere in the world right now. And it's been that way for about five or six days. And, uh, you layer that on to the over a hundred consecutive nights of protesting in the streets of downtown and the coronavirus pandemic on top of it all. It's been, you know, a season of life unlike anything I've ever experienced uh, personally, but also as a citizen of this area. Yeah. And, and you add all that to a summer without sports um, and obviously working in the role that you do being on air at 750 the game there in portland i mean this is it's a whole new life to kind of figure out and so how how has that been for you adjusting through the summer and and trying to work a sports talk format where we don't have sports to talk about it's it's been a challenge for sure but in a strange way you know the local aspect of sports talk really shines through at a time like this because um, the good talk hosts, and we have one of the best at 750 The Game, uh, John Canzano, who's a columnist, an award-winning columnist at the Oregonian. He also hosts Middays out here. Uh, but he does an exceptional job at connecting with the listening audience, and he's able to connect outside of talking about box scores from the night before. Um so you find what connects with the audience, what's relevant to them. And honestly, lately, we've been talking a lot about, you know, certainly the, the sports restart, but uh, so much of our market is got more, you know, immediate and important things going on. So we've had uh, funds, you know, for fundraising to help families hurt by the wildfires and people donating over the air and, um, you know, I, I obviously take a look at the numbers and the ratings a good amount, and we've got a bigger cumulative audience now than, than we've ever had. And I think that's a result of still being able to connect with people where they are, with what they are experiencing, and kind of all come through it together. And that's, even though it is sports, it is a talk format, and, and that can, that that's the ultimate key. Can you connect with your listening audience? And uh, so we are national and parts of our our sports station, but the local side, uh, I feel like we do a pretty good job of, of connecting with people where they're at. Is it safe to say that you've been kind of writing the book as you go <laughs> when it comes to handling, <laughs> handling, uh, the world of, of COVID sports. And, and it's, especially when you add in, like you said, all, all the local elements of unease that have, that have been brought into picture there, that there's, there's no handbook to, to go off of how you, how you handle and, and, and approach, uh, <laughs> your job in something like this oh it's unbelievable yeah the, i mean and part of it too is as a relatively young professional like i'll look at some people that are more experienced in the industry and be like hey is this like anything you've ever seen what's your advice on this and they're like no i've never seen anything like this what are you talking about like this is uh this is new ground for absolutely everybody um 
there's a strange comfort to that, knowing that we're all dealing with something novel in one degree or another. But personally, I do feel like I'm dealing with multiple novel things all at once. <laughs> and so <laughs> you really can't help but take it day by day um, and do your very best. Focus on the things you can control, not worry about the things you don't control. And, you know, as much as I'm sure your listening audience knows at Wheaton, like there is, you know, a spiritual element to it, too. Like, man, as Christians, we now probably a, a time more than ever that we kind of realize, look, we're not in control, but thankfully our, our God is and our Lord is. And, and I'll lean into that trust every day of the week. I mean, for those who of those who are listening, your name probably rings familiar since you've been been on the call for some some classics and some big games in in Wheaton history over the last decade or so. Um, but how much of how much do you kind of fall back into the mode of well, when you're calling a play by play, you don't really know what to expect, and you kind of just go with the flow of the game. That that kind of ability to think on the fly and 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 adapt to the surroundings or that that take place within a game kind of extends itself into this landscape. Well, some of my best memories are calling some Wheaton basketball. Um, that was, uh, you know, the 2013, 2014 time. And we had some great players, great teams. I know uh, Coach Showers had some great players and teams uh, since that time as well. Um, but, you know, from a play-by-play -play standpoint, just – as a skill, I've learned you got to prepare for every scenario. And um, I had some great advice a couple of years ago. I was covering a Oregon Duck football game at Autzen Stadium, and they were playing Cal. And Cal has this legendary radio broadcaster named Joe Starkey, who's also called 49ers games for uh, decades uh, until recently. But I was like, I got to go ask Joe Starkey some play-by-play questions. So. The game was a blowout. Oregon crushed Cal. It was not one of Cal's better teams. But I asked Joe, I said, what's one piece of advice you'd give a play-by-play -play guy? And he said, uh, always prepare for the blowout. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from that, I, he's like, over-prepare, basically is what he was saying. And I'm not sure if there was recency bias because he just got done calling a blowout. But I took that to heart because if you – are prepared to the point where you've got all this preparation, all this material, any statistic, any anecdote, uh, little stuff to, to help color the picture. Um, and then I found you, you prepare, you do wide preparation, then you're ready to be okay if you use only 10 or 15% of it. Because that 10 or 15% is going to be dictated based on what the game gives you based on how the play-by-play -play unfolds, based on the big moments, based on what player steps forward and scores a goal or makes a game-winning basket or hits a homer or, or uh, what have you. So that's really tough because depending on what sport you're calling, you know, baseball, for instance, with games either every day or every other day um, or some soccer. I'm doing some uh, USL soccer right now for Portland Timbers 2, uh, the affiliate of, of the MLS Portland Timbers. Those games are more weekly. You can do a little bit wider preparation, but then you're you're talking more uh, frequently over about ninety minutes or so. So it's uh, it's different. But I, you over prepare and under deliver is probably um, you know something a lot of people are familiar with that saying. But the more preparation you do, and then being okay with only using some of it, the best of it, 
to really help uh, the play-by-play. Yeah, is that something you kind of take that approach, especially when you go back to February and March when all of a sudden the landscape that you are used to comes grinding to a halt where it felt like we had a 48-hour stint when the NBA shut down, the NCAA tournaments, the conference tournaments pulled the plug, and all of a sudden we realized we were looking at something bigger. Um, do you kind of fall back into that and well, let's kind of prepare for all eventualities as we go through uh, what we're still going through now, months later, um, that the landscape still isn't what what we're used to? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I find myself... Um... <laughs> you know, it's, some people might say it's a little uh, Debbie Downer, but to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Um, and that, that applies personally. It can apply professionally, you know, just outside of even my profession. Like a lot of people have lost jobs or have had, you know, family situations change dramatically during this time. And um, I've always kind of wanted to, be on the side of, okay, what does the worst look like? You know, what if I did lose my job? You know, and what if, uh, you know, we had to move or something like that. And then as much as possible, because it is ultimately new ground, but if you at least train your mind to think about, um, worst case scenarios, uh, if any one of those happened, at least it wouldn't catch you off guard as, as much as it would if you, didn't think about it at all. Um, I've been incredibly blessed. I've been able to keep, keep work, um, been able to do some work from home. Although most, uh, most radio employees, even right now are working from home. I've still been coming into the studio every day, um, just because it's helpful. And, and I like being here, uh, and, uh, run a live show on, on the board. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately like, trying to prepare for if things do get worse in any particular category, but hoping for the best and making sure I'm not like my heart isn't stuck in, Oh, things are only going to get worse. My heart's stuck and things are going to get better. But at the very least I prepared for the alternative and that might soften a blow. If, uh, if a blow does come. Obviously it probably went overshadowed by other things here in the U S but Portland was really the first, the first champion that we've crowned out of the shutdown with the Timbers uh, coming out of the MLS bubble. Um, so, and then obviously the Trailblazers following with, with a first round upset and the Damian Lillard going off in the bubble. So now that we've had sports back, you've had quite a bit to work with uh, over, <laughs> over the last month. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, and right now as we speak, you know, we're getting word of, uh, who knows if Pac-12 football will will be back in October? <laughs> I've, I've been on uh, pins and needles waiting for that development, as I'm sure uh, people out there have with the Big Ten. But yeah, for us, I mean, we're the home of the Portland Timbers, so that was pretty exciting to have them make a run in Orlando all the way to the MLS's back final and then win it. Um, yeah, that was pretty special. But I mean, it's just weird because now they've restarted the Major League Soccer season and. Uh, the Timbers are, well, they're, they're struggling a little bit. So it's like, oh, well, you peaked for the Orlando tournament, which is great. And it brought us a lot of good times and good memories and uh, good experience all the way around. The Blazers was a lot of fun. The team was finally healthy, getting Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic back uh, for a little while. Collins got hurt again, <laughs> to the surprise of 
uh, relatively few people here, but um, the way that Damian Lillard performed really gave fans in this market uh, something to really uh, rally around and talk about. And it was, it was like this market was, uh, it needed some big time sports back and to have Lillard go off like he did and be, he was the story of the regular season games in the bubble, just how 40 point game, 50 point game, 60 point game, overtaking Memphis, winning the play in game, winning game one with the Lakers. Uh, ultimately, that's when we peaked out here, but having Charles Barkley uh, pump up the Blazers, you know, whatever Chuck uh, gives us sound like that, you know, we turn that into promos and ride that for all it's worth all day out here. So uh, Portland's funny, you know, Portland is not a major market. You know, I think it's about 22 or 23, depending on uh, where you look in terms of sports market size, but it's bigger than a lot of other markets that have major teams. Um but it also is one of those markets where when we when we are the talk of the, the national sports landscape, uh, it, it feels good. You know, we, we kind of enjoy that spotlight because we don't get it very often. So when a guy like Dame, who's on a Supermax, who has said publicly he wants to stay in Portland his entire career, uh, plays the way that he did on the national stage, uh, that brings a smile to everybody's face out here. So we, we kind of ride that for, for all it's worth. <laughs> Yeah, we we tend not to not to try to overhype the value of of sports, but it, especially given everything else in the periphery, these stories of championships and like you said, just the pride of what the Blazers done certainly brings brings quite a bit of of joy and and certainly even relief to to an area where Portland's probably, if I had to guess, been pretty fatigued by one thing after another here. Yeah, it has. It really has. So. Um... You know, and now recently with <clears throat> the wildfires uh, and the smoke in this area, the question for me is like, okay, does sports have a place right now? And obviously that's my work. So um, I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit biased probably to saying, of course it does. Like it could be a great rallying point. But Rusty, I'll tell you, like as we kind of – college football is huge here between the Ducks and the Beavers. It's huge. It, next to the Blazers, it is the, you know, next big ticket item uh, on our agenda all the time here. So to, A, not have it for a little bit has been tough on a lot of people. But now with the wildfires and the smoke and the air quality, I mean, teams wouldn't be able to practice outside anyway. Um, then you layer on top of that, like the Pac-12 is always a little bit behind uh, the other conferences. Uh, when it comes to prioritizing football. Um, but we've had callers on our air yesterday. We'll have them on our air today, too, where some are saying, look, there's more important things in our city right now than playing sports. We've had those callers. They they definitely feel that way. Um, I don't think it's I'm, – I'm not sure how many, if it's the majority or if it's relatively split. I personally side on, like, man, it'd be great to have football and galvanize – you know, our city and our market right now with something to to rally behind. Um, but there are definitely, there's definitely a, a portion of sports fans out there that realize and are okay with sacrificing sports uh, for the sake of uh, things in the bigger picture. Yeah, certainly, certainly whenever you're working a duck season, you kind of circle the civil war game with, with Oregon state as that game. I mean, you've called a bell game yourself. Um, 
uh, that I'm sure pales in comparison rivalry wise, but those rivalries are are opportunities for alumni bases to really get fired up and and uh all you know you see the the college colors come out and the flags go up outside of houses and and we just kind of and the fall is different when you don't have the opportunity for those kind of games man the the civil war and i have to say it's now uh formally known as the civil war both universities decided to drop that name and um that was another big topic and i i understand it you know um I I earned a, a minor in history uh, at Wheaton <laughs> during my time there, and uh, Dr. McKenzie, uh, Civil War historian in his own right, uh, kind of shaped my thinking on the American Civil War. And but I understand dropping the name, you know, um, and and everything. And uh, it was difficult though when you you want to give your opinion on the airwaves out here, and uh, but you got to also be mindful of where other people are coming from uh i i'll just say in short i think there's a misunderstanding of what the word civil war stands for but i'll just leave, leave it at that but uh change the name but we don't have an official name for the rivalry yet and my whole life man like i'm not like i don't i'm not a diehard duck fan i'm not a diehard beaver fan i've i've rooted for both schools i'm a platypus as they say uh you know i love my seahawks in the nfl but in college football i just root for oregon and oregon state both of them and um the civil war what was previously known as was my favorite single day of the year every year thanksgiving weekend sometimes on a black friday sometimes on the saturday after thanksgiving um and it was magical it was just magical. I love seeing the colors. I love seeing the flags. Everything you're talking about is what makes sports great. It what makes rivalries special. And, um, you know, but at the same time, like, I understand things are going to be much different this year, and, and they should be. And that's the way it goes. We'll just remember this year as being a year unlike any other. You know, the Pac-12 had a schedule in August that had Oregon, Oregon State be in September. So that, you know, they could keep things regionalized, you know, Pac-12 North against Pac-12 North teams. And um, that was going to be a lot different. Then that got taken off the table completely. And if uh, our conference does start to play football, I'll be interested to see when the Ducks and the Beavers play. But that's always been a special, uh, a special game. My favorite day of the year this year, though, it's going to be much different without a doubt. Judy, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, always good catching up and getting to hear your voice. And I'm sure you've got some some throwbacks that are hearing your voice, taking them back to watching Tyler Peters run around the court and and uh, th- those groups that were that were pretty special in the orange and blue, um, and and just kind of replaying a lot of those memories. So good good to have your your voice back with us and and uh, and stay safe out there. Hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to catch up again pretty soon. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, my regards to everyone in that athletic department, to Brett, Marhanka, and everyone there, uh, all the coaches. Uh, man, I do miss it out there. I, I, I haven't made it out to Wheaton since uh, since uh, I left, and I'd love to make it back and say hi to everybody in person sometime. And, well, great to hear it from Judah Newby here on the Thunder Sports Report. Rusty. Got a chance to sit down with him there and really enjoyed hearing what Judah had to say, Rusty. Um, Such an interesting perspective, like we said at the beginning, coming from Portland. And 
a spot that is a decent sized sports market. Um, I think he said 22 or 23 at one point, but really mentioned how things have felt a little smaller um, once sports have opened back up. You, you mentioned how MLS team had success. Um, he he talked about how fun it was to see the Blazers do well um, at the beginning of the bubble there and how really during this time where sports were closed down or just really briefly opening, um, things started to feel much more local than national, um, prioritizing kind of a um, a focus just on the local Portland community, um, something that he talked about, and, and I really enjoyed hearing that perspective from him. Yeah, and certainly with everything else uh, Portland has been experiencing throughout the summer, and now you add in the wildfires lately, his role takes on something bigger than the event itself, and that's trying to give an outlet to a community that just really wants to be heard and 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 have an outlet, and, and it, it's it's bigger than sports. And ironically, at the same time, they've had the, these outbreak breaks with with their sports teams, where these timbers uh, go up and they win the the bubble event uh, at the end of the year. And you get the Trailblazers, who are the talk of the bubble, with Damian Lillard during the wrap up of the regular season and that that first play-in game to the playoffs. So you have this this strange outlet. Uh, where you're trying to balance these two and, and certainly a unique perspective because Portland, again, it's it's a, a good market for, for to be in, but it does have that community feel. And it is interesting to hear uh, what it's been like uh, on the ground there. He mentioned having callers at the station who, you know, some call in each, you know, each day or um, and are, are letting him know there's kind of a diverse range of viewpoints on whether or not sports should be coming back and whether or not um, they think it's a good idea for sports to be a focus right now or not. I think that's really a good perspective for us to hear maybe at times like this when we're so excited about sports coming back and it's something that, um, you know, just means a lot of fun for us and um, something we enjoy so much that we are really, really excited when we can kind of have things open up more and kind of return to this normal. But a really good voice and perspective that he has heard more than we have probably and one that he gave some credence to as well was um, concerns, like you said, are is sports not the most important thing that we should be doing right now? Um, and certainly it can be an outlet and certainly can be a thing that brings some enjoyment um, and also some change as well. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed hearing that from him and passing that along to us who maybe don't hear at least um, hear some of those same things um, in the community. Yeah, it's, it is certainly a strange balancing act. I, I think you said that well, that you, you want the kind of that f normal feel that sports gives you. But at the same time, it's a real small window that, that is kind of being outweighed by all these other things going on. And I think it was interesting to see some of the quotes coming from the big 10 players around the conference who uh, obviously there was a lot of pushback to get sports back uh, in the big 10. And, and I think you're, you're seeing that even on a local level here with, with high school parents and athletes wanting to get back uh, to action uh, here in the sub the Chicago suburban area. But it is interesting when you see those those athletes that have the perspective of yes, this is important to us, but we also realize that uh, I think overall it's there's a lot of people suffering a, a lot greater than we are from just not being able to play a game, uh, and and I think it's something that feels like Judah has a pretty good grasp on, and certainly they do out of out of the game in Portland, uh, trying to know have a finger on the pulse of what the community needs uh, out of out of their station. And I think when you get a station 
that can that can really serve in, in that regard. I think you've got a great outlet and a great recipe for success um, when Sports Talk Radio can kind of be that that balance um, between what what the hosts need and and want to give and what the community and the viewers need and want to give as well. Yeah, I certainly agree. And Judah even said it really well himself, I think. And when he spoke about saying, you know, we we can have, if if we don't have these games going on every night, we can have more important things to talk about within the community than what the box score was the last night. And we can connect with an audience without having to go over a game recap um, of, of what happened the previous night. So really, really like to hear that from him. And I think he said that really well, like you mentioned, Rusty. Yeah, and he has a unique platform, as do these athletes. And having sat down this week with our guest in next week's podcast, uh, which is uh, Favor Ezawuzi, who brings an interesting and similar perspective that her platform um, has become something that she's used to, to really transcend more than just her success as a student athlete and a student leader on campus. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, for next week's podcast. You'll get a chance to hear from from favor about her experience and and uh, and what she's had to go through having a likely national championship taken away from her at, at the last minute um, is is heartbreaking and and her perspective on that is certainly one that I look forward to to all of us getting to hear next week uh, on the pod. Yeah, of course, favor gonna be incredible to hear from athletically and personally, like you mentioned, Rusty and. Um, really excited that we're going to get a chance to hear that ourselves and bring that um, to some people who wouldn't normally hear it off of campus. Yeah, and the good news is we've got a lot more platforms for you to hear it on than we did, than we did last week. We've showed uh-huh. up on Apple Podcasts now. We're available on Spotify uh, and on Stitcher. Uh, we're in the, the home stretch of being available on Google Podcasts as well, as well as our host on Podbean. So review the pod, share share it with others, uh, give us a review. Because uh, that helps us uh, get a little more uh, exposure, and and we can get these voices to some people who I think will really benefit from hearing them. But uh, we're we're excited to to report that we've we've expanded already in the first week, and and we look forward to bringing you next week's episode with Favor Ezawuzi here on the Thunder Sports Report. I'm Rusty Lindsay. That thanks uh, Abram Erickson, and of course our our guest this week, Judah Newby, and we look forward to talking to you again next week.